All right, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are welcoming back to the podcast uh, Dave Jenkins. Dave, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be with you, brother. Thank you for the thanks for the privilege. We are not just celebrating you returning back to the podcast, but um, I guess I should say happy anniversary. As I was just reading on Twitter, this is your 22nd year uh, with Servants of Grace Ministries. Tell us about that. That's exciting. Yeah, I started this ministry as a 19-year-old who thought he knew, you know, something, <laughs> you know, as as that goes. Uh, turns out I really didn't know as much as I thought I did. And uh, although, you know, I, I knew like the basics, I would probably say. Yeah. But I I, uh, I was prideful. I, I lacked humility. I lacked godly character. I, I had issues. I had a lot of issues <laughs> at that time. I had wished that I had started probably like, I feel like I would probably would have been ready about 26 yeah. or 27, but definitely not at 19. And, you know, God bless the people that were patient with me that have <laughs> some, of, some of them are still with me, but I was, I was, uh, you wouldn't have wanted to know me at 19. <laughs> Lack self-control, which is really bad when you're dealing with difficult people and, you know, people that want to, you know, come after you, especially on the internet, you know, I, I firebombed all, <laughs> you know, I mean, I firebomb now, but I don't like, I firebomb theology, not people. Right. So, yeah. So I remember when I, when I graduated Bible college, I was going to go out and plant a church, not because oh, I was God. so much concerned about the gospel as much as I was convinced nobody else was doing it right. And I could be the guy to do it. Um, I am thankful that, <laughs> God prevented me from wrecking some congregation somewhere. Uh, it would have been a disaster. Um, so you're already you're already better off than I was at that age because um, you haven't made a complete disaster of everything. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but tell us tell us about Servants of Grace. Yeah, we're a multimedia ministry, and you know we have lots of articles. We have over 300 writers from all over the internet. Lots of podcasts. And uh, I just started this, I started this ministry actually out of doing campus ministry and just, uh, and youth ministry and just out of high school and just saw a huge need for, you know, good resources that are grounded in scripture and theology. And that just has continued to be affirmed again and again and again. And God in his kindness just keeps growing this ministry. And I, I don't even like to talk about numbers, but we've we've consistently for about twenty, uh, yeah, about twenty years, reached over hundred plus countries, and you know, God has been exceedingly mm. kind. I never thought we would do that. You know, you, you don't set out to start a ministry. To, you, know, you want to reach the world, but you know, you you're happy if you might reach a few people. Right. And uh, you know, in God's kindness, He's extended our reach, and and you know. Um, blessed us and you know it's it's all it's all grace it's all privilege you know it really is and uh, so, you know i tell people and they're like you're 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 being a little too weird but when you say this i'm really just a very ordinary guy and i have an amazing wife and um you know she is such a blessing um you know everybody when they meet me they're like oh okay there's dave but there's sarah you know <laughs> you know i'm like I'm fine with that, you know. Yeah. I'm just I'm just the chump change, you know. <laughs> whatever. So. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's interesting to talk about just a worldwide ministry. Sometimes I, I don't I don't look at the the stats of this 
of this podcast very often. Um, but every once in a while, it's interesting just to see who's listening and where. And I've got like two listeners in Hungary, and I've got a couple of listeners in, in Chile, and uh, just random parts of the world. I think there's one in Saudi Arabia. Um, That's cool. So this is a worldwide ministry here. I'm going to take crit. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Go for it. But uh, but no, you are in order. It's interesting because, you know, you do have quite the ministry here. And um, you mentioned you've got hundreds of writers um, uh, and some at times pretty big names. And you're also uh, now you're you're in conjunction with G3 Ministries. That's, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, you know, Josh is Josh and I have been friends for about uh, I think we go back to 2012, and I'm not I don't remember how he and I originally met um, at all, but uh, I think it was probably through somebody that we we have when you write for a lot of different places, you just start having like mutual friends, and so it's a very it ends up being a very small world <laughs> of people, and so. Um, yeah, I just ended up meeting him, and uh, he's been a very encouraging brother. And uh, I'm thrilled to be published by them. Thrilled for what the Lord's doing, you know, through that ministry. Amazed. Remember when they started the conference, <laughs> and uh, just, just you know, thrilled to see how the Lord is being honored through the through the conference, and now the the articles, and you know, of course, they got just thinking on there now. And right. So there you go. I mean, boom, you know. So I mean, you're you're an ordinary average guy, but you're you're fellowshipping with some with some pretty great people. But you still have time to 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 send me a text every once in a while. And I, you know, you were checking up on me, and I was in the hospital just a couple of weeks ago. So I appreciate that. You haven't you you you, you hit the big time, but you haven't let it change you. I'll, I'll say that. Just <laughs> I don't I don't even I don't even think of that category. So if you're saying that, that's that's fine, but. I'll say it because you won't say it, um, yeah. but you know. Anyway, all right. So let's let's we're talking about your latest book, your your second book, uh, "The Word Matters: Defending Biblical Authority in the Spirit of the Age." And I have my my media mogul copy here. Nice, uh, nice. I think, and I printed it off because I'm one of those old people that um, I still have to read things physically. Uh, I haven't. I've got a Kindle. I've got a lot of books on it, but I just, I gotta, I gotta read it. But I'm the same. I'm the same <laughs> way, brother. I understand. So um, we're talking about the Word of God, obviously. And it kind of, it kind of uh, piggybacks off your, off your previous book. And from what I can tell, um, you've got a third book that you. It, it's some for some reason you seemed obsessed with scripture. I don't know why. I mean, you know. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I just love it. You know, it's like the Holy Spirit wants to use scripture in our lives or something. And yeah. It's, it's give me a break. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but this is a really, this is a really uh, interesting book. And, you know, I, I was thinking that the worst part about your book is the fact that we need it. Mm. Um, because there are people who name the name of Christ, who would identify as Christians but the word of God has little relevance in their life. Um, we see a lot of people being led by all sorts of things. Uh, do, do you agree with that, that, that general statement? 
Well, you know, when I first read this, I was like, is this a backhanded slap? Like, <laughs> kids, kids would go, bam, bam, you know, to the nose over or something. I was like, no. Uh, so I had to give you, but I told my wife I'm going to do that. Yeah. And she's like, don't do that. That's me. And I'm like, well, I think he'll like it. He'll laugh. But no, seriously, the answer to that is yes. I mean, I don't know if you saw the recent Gallup survey that came out earlier this month, but I mean, we have people who say 49% of Americans say that, you know, they think that, you know, the Bible is, isn't literal. And so they think that it's just a fable. It's a myth or fairy tale. Right. And that, that actually, as, as shocking as it is, that stat, it actually isn't surprising to me. Because if you look at like the state of theology published by, you know, the, the Ligonier State of yeah. Theology, and Lifeway Research, I mean, that, and even the, even the biblical worldview um, put out by Arizona Christian University yep. with, in conjunction with Barnum. These kind of things actually more accurately assess, uh, I think, the, the statistic and just reveal that we – people say today that we don't have a battle for the Bible, and I, and I kind of have to chuckle at that. I'm like, yeah. are, are, you, are you joking me? Like we have other issues, so, so I understand what they're saying when they, right. when they suggest that, but like the battle for the Bible is as old as the garden. Yeah, and and so we we have to understand that we chafe against authority. I mean, we live in an anti-authoritarian culture, right. you know, and so we chafe at authority, you know, because we're sinners by nature and choice. But also, we're living in this culture that is uh, desperate to avoid um, and undermine authority, which is, you know, interesting because the very people in our government want, you know, to have everything be the government and right. it's government it, it's authority so the irony the irony is rich to me but uh that's just the way i think about mm. some things like that but i think it's just i think it yes the answer is yes it's i i agree you know with what you're saying because you know i, I think as we'll talk about a little bit later we we do tend to be more about what i think what i feel everything right. is sort of relative to my my thoughts and perception and ideas and even even i think our responses as a consequence to that are more you know it's more about me i shock my students each year when i tell them i don't care about what you think <laughs> i'll pause there and like, well i just think that i don't care i care about how you came to that conclusion what is what is the basis of your belief and you know just uh we're preparing for another school year right now and you know my first message is always about biblical authority once you walk into this classroom this is the authority it, it's 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 happened to have a copy of scripture here um you know it, it's the word of god that is the authority it's not merely my feelings and emotions amen we both have bibles yeah. <laughs> and both esv yours is a little yeah. bigger than mine but this is just my classroom okay you, you have a bigger Bible at home, okay? Yes, yes. Yes. There, well, so actually, behind the screen screen. There are... Yes. You have a bigger Bible than I do, okay? <laughs> you win. You win, okay? All right, we're going to end the podcast there. I win. We're done. No. You um, win. You win. You win. Goodbye, Dave. Bye-bye. <laughs> but we have to – I always have to establish with students – and these are students who come from Christian homes, uh, who many of whom go to church. I can't say all of them do. Um, but I have to establish that this is what – is the authority it's not just what the prevailing winds are of culture it's not just what i think it's not even 
what I've always been taught, but our authority is the word of God because it's the God of creation, the God who made everything, the owner of all things, the sovereign um, potentate of the entire earth who gets to make these decisions. And that, that really is contradictory to what they've been taught for so long and what, and what this culture is teaching. So um, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. This is the basic Bible podcast. So let's talk about some of the basics of the Bible. And this is, you, you kind of divide your book into two sections. And, and the first section really talks about what the Bible is. So we talked about, you mentioned in just several chapters, the Bible is inspired. It's inerrant. It's infallible. What does that all mean to us? And, you know, a lot of people don't have a seminary education and we don't yeah. use these words commonly, but what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great uh, question because why I asked it. you know, you, yeah, exactly. It's brilliant. Brilliant. My man, master teacher, as you said, <laughs> I, I see your posts. Yes. Uh, master teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So, you know, inspiration, uh, it means the quality of God breathe. It means that God supernaturally guided the authors of the Bible to write exactly what he wanted to communicate Everything is in scripture there because God intended it to be there. Yeah. The extent of, of that is what we call verbal plenary inspiration. Verbal means that every word of scripture is God-breathed. Every single word, not just the ideas behind the words, yeah. is in the Bible because, as I said, God wants it to be there. Plenary means complete or full. It's used to describe the inspiration of God's word. Plenary means that all parts of the Bible are equally of divine origin and equally authoritative. But not just the words of right. Right, right. Inerrancy refers to the scripture being simply without error, and infallibility means without the possibility of error. Now, what, where this gets a little interesting, it, it, oh, and sufficiency, we didn't define sufficiency, but sufficiency is for faith and practice, or as I say, for every phase and stage of life. Yeah. Um, but... Um, and the Bible's clear, and uh, and anyway, all of that. But what's what's what 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 gets a little interesting is you have, as as we just read that stat, you have people who um, that in in the American church today, they would they would go, yeah, oh yeah, you right. know. But right. you look at like the top books that are published, and you're like, yeah. What are you talking about? What what, what are you talking about? You, you look at you look at uh, the top podcasts on under the religion and spirituality section, and even Christianity, and you're like, "What do you mean?" And then you look at a lot of the articles that are published, and you just right. it just you just have to scratch your head. And, and when when I say that, you know, some people will be like, "Well, you're just being a critical, you know, yeah. nitpicky poop, you know, nincompoop." Um, but actually, these things matter yeah. because the Bible tells us what the scripture is. Right. And it tells us that we're to practice, as we'll talk about here in a minute, we're to practice because of the grace of God and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We're to obey the word of God. That means that consistency although it will only ever be this side of heaven very imperfect because we are we have indwelling sin you know we're growing in grace and yet um you know still we should be striving 
to be consistent um, in our in our convict with our the convictions that we believe, not inconsistent. And so when I point out the things about the you know the books, podcasts, and so on and so forth, what I what I mean is that is is what I just said. It matters that we not just say amen to those convictions. Right. But that we're actually practicing the convictions that we it's actually shape yeah. shaping not just our lives and our and our character, but also our practice, the 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 right. things that we're saying, the things that we're teaching, the things that we're uh trying to use to minister to people uh, matters. Yeah. If we're not gonna be if we're not gonna be consistent, the Bible has another word for that. It's called hypocrisy. Right. It's called you know the the idea of that is you're play acting, you're playing pretend, um, and that's what. Oh boy, you know we have to take the log out of our own eye first. Yeah. Yeah. I have I, I mentioned at the beginning I had many issues. I, I still I still do. There's many areas where, you know, um, I, I remember one of my mentors. She's one of those. He, he passed away in last October. He was one of the most godly guys I, I've ever met, and he used to say. I still have – he had been in ministry like 45 years or something like that, Awana, pastor, pastoral ministry. I had never seen him get upset or angry, and he said, I still have lots of room to grow in gentleness. And I was like, mm. that's, hum that's, that's, what, that's what humility really looks right. like. It, it's, it's – yeah, you, you know all this stuff. He, he can cite the Bible like nobody's business. He doesn't have a seminary – he never had a seminary degree. He, mm. he went to – uh, I don't even think he had a he didn't have a bachelor's even in the Bible or anything. But but he was incredibly knowledgeable about the Bible. And here he was, all this experience ministering to people, incredible at one on one discipleship. And it just it's just a reminder, like just because you've been in ministry like I have twenty two years, you've written a book, been on all these podcasts, radio shows, such a who cares? Like nobody cares. Like uh, this really came to hit me. Uh, it was about probably a decade ago. I was leading a small group at this church where Mike, Mike was, and um, I, I would say, "Hey, do you know D Desiring God? You know Nine Marks and so on and so yeah. forth. Do you know so and so because you know I'm talking to them or whatever? I'm becoming friends with them, so on and so forth." And they would say, "No," and and it, and it got drilled in my head. Who cares? Who cares? Right. Who cares? They don't care. The average person doesn't care. They don't care if you you know Gerald Leakey or John Frame, and you right. know God God bless John Frame. He calls me his friend. Uh, uh, I don't I don't deserve that. That's that's a that's a gift. Of, and if you if you had told my teenage self John Frame is going to call you his friend, I I would have been like just just yeah, do, go do something. You know. <laughs> That, that we can't say on the pod, go jump off a cliff, yeah. you know, or something like that. Like, I mean, that, that's like, I mean, the, the nerd in me is like, okay, I think, I think that's about as right. cool as, you know, um, cool as it gets, but you know, um, the, the, the point, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is it matters. Yes. What we do with what we believe about the Bible and it matters that we're consistent with it anyway. Yeah. John Frame's been on this podcast as well. So. Awesome. It was a lot. He was a really nice guy. In fact, it was one of those things where um, I don't have all these connections, but 
you know, I'm of the percept, I'm of the uh, the idea that people can only say no. That's the worst they can do. They're not going to hunt me down or something. So I'll send out emails. And I was shocked, but you know, the people like John Frame or um, you know Dave Jenkins and other people that that hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take the time. But um, yeah, it's it's really important that you know, if I were to talk to my students, like you know, I, I was talking with John Frame the other day. Who? Or, you know, uh, I met James White the other, what, uh, who's that? You know, he was actually James White is the name of a football player that used to play for the Wisconsin Badgers here. So they might pick up that name, uh, but no one really cares. But um, what matters is obviously the word. And so if we believe that the word of God is inspired in that it is, the, these are the words that God superintended uh, the authors of scripture to write in it. That's so, if they, if they come from God, that matters, and that means something. If the word is sufficient, that's all we need, that means something. And so, therefore, when we hear uh, whatever preacher on the podcast or on the TV program, whatever, what they're, if they're speaking from a Bible, it matters. It always amazes me. Um, you know, you, you hit on this, but when I was in pastoral ministry, it always amazed me when I'd go to someone's house and look at the books on their shelf or their coffee table. And it's like, how do you go to our church and read this? Like, how do you, but there are people who have no discernment who, as long as they see somebody hold up a Bible, they assume that they're saying what's in there. And they're saying what I'm saying or whatever, you know, uh, Orthodox Christianity is. And it's just not the case. And so therefore, um, this isn't critical but this is the New Testament. I mean, most of, uh, you look at the epistles of Paul. Uh, Paul didn't always have nice things to say about people. And there are times he had to warn people about certain things or certain people or certain philosophies. And so you kind of do that in your book as well. You mentioned things like theological liberalism or just a false sense of Christianity. There are people who, um, yes, they would agree with us that this is the word of God. Um but how they use this word is manipulative and dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this goes back to the idea. I mean, they wanted to theological liberalism, which is, you know, today it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of those mic drop bomb moments. Yeah. You know? But but in in a way that uh, the, the the point here is that. Theological liberalism it, it, it goes back a long ways. Um, it's not a new idea, as as the writer of Ecclesiastes says. There's nothing new under the sun. Right. Theological liberalism is repackaged, quote unquote. I use air quotes there. Um, progressive Christianity, which is, as Jay Gresham Machen said in 1920, by the way, over a hundred years ago, yeah. he said it's not Christianity. Right. Okay. So. The theologians use the idea. I think the best way to understand theological liberalism is is the idea of a theology from above and a theology from below. Theology from below is is where you have scripture and our feelings running on the same track. They're at at, at the same equal value and worth. Now, when they say that, you're probably like, "Well, God doesn't care about my feelings," because I've actually had people say that. And actually, no, uh, this is why we have a theology from above. Yeah. Where scripture, as we've discussed, is the inspired, inerrant, um, 
infallible, you know, uh, clear, sufficient uh, word of God for us. So scripture interprets our feelings, not our feelings interpreting scripture. Right. Notice, notice what I said there. It, it matters the order. Scripture first, then our feelings. Scripture teaches us, like Psalms, you see Psalm 42 and 43, you know, yeah. uh, why are you downcast on my soul? And right. then and then he, you know, laments his yeah. situation. And then what does he say? And then twice in those two two chapters, he says, Hope in God. Right. You know, and, and then you see in other passages, he's you know, the, the psalmist is downcast and then he's hoping in God, he's praising God, he's thanking God. Um, by the way, it should be said as well in first uh, Thessalonians five, you know, thankfulness is a command. Yeah. Command because we're prone to grumble, right? I well, mean, all you have to do is look at the old testament. How many times did Israel grumble? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's all over the place. But it's it's it matters there the order too. We're thankful because of the grace that we receive um and you know because we gratitude is is absolutely a a vital component um you know to our sanctification yeah um and and it's the response of the heart that has tasted and seen that that god really is good in christ and that his goodness isn't because of us it's because of himself well it's really this we're talking about theological liberalism and we're saying that we're using that term um but that that seeps into conservative political conservative churches people yeah. who would you know MAGA people donald trump yay uh, wouldn't associate anything with with liberalism we, we don't want that but that emotion driven hermeneutic um often seeps into uh quote-unquote good churches without people even realizing what's going on here and so yeah it, it's a danger that we have to certainly be on guard for and we've had um you know our time is running out here pretty quickly um and we've we haven't even scratched the surface of what you've written here uh we didn't <laughs> talk about the importance of creation and how that affects our views of of things like gender and things like personhood and the the, thing, the, the very debates that we are having right now, uh, I don't think it's a stretch to say stem from our wrong view of scripture. And um, and that's, again, quote unquote, conservative people, we could name some names that um, people would respect and realize, yeah, their, their view of Genesis already shows a compromise in the truth. Uh, if we can't take those, that, that, that first, you know, 15 chapters or so of Genesis, uh, if we can't take that as God intended it to be, we've got some major issues, and here it is. Yeah, just going back to that really quick, though, um, you know, how we interpret Genesis 1 through 11 is really determinative of, yeah. you know, what we're going to do with the rest of the Bible. Right. So you have and, – and it even is going to affect, you know, how you answer those – all of those questions about gender and sexuality and morality and ethics and people like, wait, what? Yeah, because – like you have people out there who are denying Adam as a real person, real history. Yeah. We, we just we just read that stat from uh, at the beginning from you know Gallup, and the reason I the reason that I mentioned that is because when you you have to understand right the author's intent 
But when you understand the author's intent in Moses, he's presenting a view over and against the pagan culture of the, the you know, the ancient uh, day of that time in which he's writing. And he's showing the superiority of God over and above all those views. And he's showing that God is the God of creation and that there is no other God. Um, and so, you know, that that is really, really, really important because we're talking about the God who created us. He's, we're talking about the God who Psalm 139 tells us fashioned us in our mother's womb. We're talking about the – and then and then what's really interesting is just to your point really quickly is you have these people who say, well, I can be and do whatever I want. But it's like, wait a minute. You are made yeah. and you're owned by God. Right. And so snubbing your it's like it's like the the parent you'll appreciate this as a parent. You know, a, a, a parent, a child who says to their parent, "Hey, you're not I'm not going to do what you want." They're going they're going to be disciplined. They're going to get a spank, yeah. right? They're they're going to get spanked. You know. You, you, nothing you, is nothing is stopping God. Nothing right. Is stop, nothing is stopping God from saying, "Hey, guess what? You don't have to exist." Yeah. Um you can he can just go he doesn't have to click his heels like Dorothy and you know bye bye Kansas, but I mean in, in in a literal way he can make you nothing at this very moment as you blaspheme him and say I can be I can be whatever I want a personal pronoun I can I can change my sex I can I can do whatever with my body because it's all mine. My but body. When we go back, yeah, yeah, my body, my choice, exactly. But when we go back to Genesis, what we discover is it's God who created. The one who creates gets to tell us right. the expectation and the standard for who we are and what we are. The question is, do we believe him or do we not? And then if you don't believe him, why – this is what fascinates me, again, probably is how I think about things. <laughs> why would you come to a book that you don't even believe right. to read it, to ridicule it? And and it's like, why would you read Homer's Iliad or any? Why would you ever read any book if all you're going to do is ever just critical? Now I'm not or criticize it and critique it. Now, I'm not saying that we that we shouldn't critically read or critically analyze things. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I am saying that God, this is God's book. He yeah. gave it to us, and if we don't believe it, these these people as these people don't. Why even why even be concerned? to to come to it to manufacture an interpretation that doesn't accord with it how can you how can that be in, in no way in no discipline academic wise would that be considered quote unquote that would that be considered scholarly would that be right and yet we have people doing that we have people coming in throwing in uh academic um, analytical tools on top of what the Bible says and overlaying those with the Bible that they don't even believe and then they're telling us what it means and we have the Bible it means what it says and it matters that we come to the Bible believing what the Bible is as we discussed because it'll affect how we interpret the Bible that, that, anyway that's that's to bottom line the word matters and that's the name of your yeah. book and we're going to end on that note as our time is slipping away the word matters Defending Biblical Authority Against the Spirit of the Age by Dave Jenkins, published by 
uh, G3 Ministries. You want you go and get that. We'll have the link to that on our website at uh, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. We'll also have links to um, Servants of Grace Ministries. Also, check out the Equipping You and Grace podcast. Uh, when you're all caught up on this podcast, you have my permission to go over there and check out things over there. You'll you'll enjoy it. You'll like it. Um, so, Dave, thank you so much for for taking the time and uh, joining us today. It's a pleasure being with you, brother. Thank you for what you do. Right, don't forget to check us also uh, check us also out on social media, uh, our Facebook page. Join the conversation there, and then on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Basic Bible Cast. So, until next week, have a good rest of your week. Mm-hmm.